Playoff expansion only makes the SEC stronger, and I'm gonna prove it to you. podcast with Mikey Morrison. It is about five, six o'clock actually on Sunday, January 16th as I'm recording this. It's been nothing but winter weather all day. I went outside and cleared my driveway this morning and reapplied salt for it to only be covered again in about an hour. If you're watching the video version of the podcast today, you can see that I'm repping ECU today. My wife went to ECU and they pulled off an incredible comeback against Memphis on Saturday. ECU at one point was down by 19 uh, and then down by 10 with 212 left in the game uh, and ended up winning at the buzzer. Uh, I've got a busy show for you today uh, as we're going to discuss Mac explaining why there are no changes coming on in the offensive coaching staff. I come to the defense of Georgia's offense and I tell you why the college football playoff expansion only makes the SEC stronger. First, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at the Open Mic Pod and like and share the show on Facebook. I finally figured out how to get the shows to upload on YouTube pretty quickly. Uh, apparently, you need to upload two videos at once. Uh, then upload time somehow goes down dramatically. Uploading one episode can take literal days, but uploading two episodes at once can take five minutes. Not sure how that makes sense, but now uh, we'll be more, a little bit more active um, posting on YouTube as well. I also think I finally developed a plan to get this thing on a schedule. Although one listener already doesn't like my schedule, uh, according to Facebook comments. The goal is to have a mic drop every Tuesday. So going forward, you can expect a new show to be released every Tuesday morning on Spotify, Apple, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, that one listener who doesn't like my current schedule or proposed schedule once uh, two episodes a week, but honestly, it all comes down to content. Uh, maybe eventually I'll get to two episodes a week. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's get to it. During the introductory press conference of Gene Chizik and Charlton Warren, Mac mentioned that no changes would be coming to the offensive coaching staff. Take a listen. Offensively, some people said, why did we change? Why didn't we make changes on offense? Well. We averaged 35.2 points per game. We were 19th in the country. Um, with, with our total offense, we were third in the ACC, or scoring offense. Total offense, we averaged 468 yards, which was 10th in the country, and third in the ACC. Rushing yards, we averaged 2,763 yards, 17th in the country, and first in the ACC. We've actually led the ACC in rushing for two consecutive seasons. And our 5,000-yard rushers over the last three years are the most in college football. So we know that we gave up too many sacks. We know that we had too many tackles for loss. Uh, but there's so many positive things that this offense has done, and they've scored so many points over the past three years uh, that I, I'm going to get more involved, and, and I'm going to help in the areas that we need to fix. But there's a lot more areas that we've done exceedingly well than there are that we need to fix. So it's, it's obvious that uh, uh, the, there's too many sacks and there's too many tackles for loss, and we can do a better job in, in the red zone scoring touchdowns instead of just kicking field goals. Uh, but as a program, we're, we're really close. You go back to uh, the, the opportunity to beat Pitt first and goal from the two with a minute 16 seconds left and, and didn't win. Uh, 
uh, NC State, I said, nine-point lead with a minute 57 left. You can't lose that game. Uh, so uh, we're close, and, and the changes that we made, we feel like will be great changes to help us uh, move forward. Um, so my conspiracy theory about the offensive lines, coaches, daughters, Instagram pages being private proved to be wrong, and I'm okay with that. Uh, Jordy called me about this probably a week ago, and he had a similar thought to what Max shared as to why no changes were made. Uh, the way that Carolina's been able to run the ball is a testament to how the offensive line is capable of controlling a game. Notice I said capable. Mac did acknowledge that changes uh, need to be made to address the amount of sacks and tackles for loss that they gave up, and that they're going to work on those, uh, improving those instances. However, it seems as if Max feels that making a coaching change could be dangerous and he's willing to figure it out with what he has if that means the offense can continue to put up the numbers that it's been putting up. As a fan, I, I do appreciate that he brought it up in this press conference. Uh, he basically acknowledged that people have the right to be frustrated and that they're going to do what they can to make it right next year. Now he just needs to do so because if nothing changes, then I think his hand will be forced and he'll need to make a change. Speaking of offense, though, Josh Pate said something the other day that I don't really agree with. Take a listen. But you were told those days were gone. You were told the days of riding a high-level defensive effort to a national championship were gone. They're not gone. They're no more gone, as it turns out, than hiring a defensive-minded head coach. There were just a few years where we had the pendulum go all the way to one side of the sport, well, Georgia just grabbed that thing and pulled it all the way back to the other side of the sport last night. In reality, it's always somewhere in between. I don't think Georgia's offense is getting enough credit for this season because Georgia's offense had the seventh most touchdowns scored this year, and that's even without the extra game. You know, they, they played 15, while most would play 13 or 14. Um, they finished sixth in total yards, 15th in total passing yards, and 12th in total rushing yards. Those aren't the numbers that would indicate a team had to ride a defense to a title. Georgia's de elite defense won the title, but they had a pretty good offense, too. The last 10 teams to win the national title averaged 35.1 points per game. Georgia averaged 38.6. The 2016 Clemson team averaged 39.2, so just a little over half a point more. That Clemson team had five guys get drafted from that offense. I think this Georgia offense is not getting the credit it deserves because we've been spoiled the last three years on the offensive side of the ball. We got used to watching Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, that we didn't really appreciate the, deep, the team offense that Georgia played. And I don't really buy any narrative that would suggest Stetson Bennett was a game manager either. Now, I'm not saying he's Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell or Matt Corral, but you look at other draftable quarterbacks, at least who ESPN considers draftable, and Bennett had very comparable and sometimes even better numbers. In fact, his passing numbers were very close to Desmond Ritter, at least his, his averages were. Ritter did, Ritter did finish with better totals, but that's because Bennett didn't play against Clemson. He came off the bench against South Carolina and basically split time with JT Daniels against Mizzou. Um, so when your quarterback has comparable passing numbers to other draftable quarterbacks and much better numbers than Brock Purdy, who it seemed like a lot of folks from ESPN are obsessed with, I don't think that means that your team rode an elite defense to a championship. 
when the Broncos won Super Bowl 50, they rode an elite defense to a championship because Peyton Manning was as close to being a liability as you can get. But Georgia had an elite defense, but their offense is pretty good too. Now, let's talk college football playoff expansion. I do think expansion will happen eventually. Uh, they're hoping to reach an agreement to have expansion start in 2024, but it'll more than likely be 2026 before it actually happens. Uh, the conference commissioners need to be unanimous in their decision to expand by 2024, but right now the ACC and I think one other conference are keeping that from happening. Now, I don't buy what the ACC is publicly saying about why they don't want expansion right now. Uh, they're claiming their hesitations about player safety, but it's easy to tell that's a lie. The ACC was all for expansion back in summer, back in the summer, and then news broke that Oklahoma and Texas would be joining the SEC. That's when the ACC got hesitant and started to backtrack. They could clearly see that the SEC would be able to send more teams to the playoff via the at-large route. The ACC is also trying to convince Notre Dame to join as a full-time football member. The ACC knows that keeping it at four is the best leverage they have against Notre Dame. Because if the playoff expands, then Notre Dame can stay independent and get into the playoff via an at-large bid, which ultimately means that one of the, the six at-large bid, bids is occupied by Notre Dame. In the current format, Notre Dame will always be criticized because Alabama and Georgia have to play each other in the SEC Championship while Notre Dame gets to take the week off. Right now, Notre Dame has to almost go undefeated to make it to the playoff, and the ACC can argue that Notre Dame can avenge that loss if they join the conference and compete for an ACC Championship. I don't think the ACC is being stupid here. I don't buy what they're selling publicly, but they do seem to be actually thinking this through. The contract for the playoff is up in 2025, and they'll only need a majority vote to expand after that. According to Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, we're in a nine-overtime contest, and none of us can accomplish a two-point conversion. Notice the troll job there. So shout-out to the nine-overtime game between Penn State and Illinois. Um, I read a, a few articles to see if I could find any that would change my mind, but every article or argument I, that I came across only really reinforced my opinion. The overall theme seemed to we take the Power Five Conference champs, the best group of five champs, and six at large for 12 total teams in the playoff. And I have a couple issues with that from the get-go. The Power Five is not going to look like the current Power Five in just a couple of years. With Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 for the SEC, the Big 12 is essentially going to be a little bit stronger than what the American is currently. The Big 12 is going to be Baylor, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, TCU, UCF, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati. To me, that's nothing more than what the Big East used to be strength-wise. You've got some good teams in there, but nobody to really carry the load or the prestige of the conference. So is there really going to be a Power Five in a few years, or will the Big 12 be demoted? For the sake of argument, let's just say we get rid of this Power Five and Group of Five talk, and they decide to take the six best conference champs, because I do think that's where it's going to go. Conference championships should mean something and should be a qualification, but not all conferences are made equal. So... Who or what is going to decide which conferences are the six best conferences? Because to replace Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati, the American decided to pick up FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UT San Antonio. 
I think you can make the argument now that the Fun Belt is just as strong or stronger than the American. The Fun Belt had three schools finished with double-digit wins this season in App, Coastal, and Louisiana Lafayette. They're adding Marshall and James Madison. Um, Marshall's going to add depth to the conference, and JMU should as well. JMU's already a top program at the FCS level, and I could see them following App's footsteps and being competitive early at the F FBS level especially when you look at some of the bottom teams in the uh, fun belt. I think JMU's automatically got some wins there. Um, but adding Marshall will at least strengthen uh, and make the fun belt a little bit more top-heavy with App, Coastal, Marshall, and Louisiana Lafayette. So, so who's going to decide who that sixth conference is? Let's just say for that one year it is the fun belt because one year when they, in the final 12, I think it was two years ago, Coastal was in that final 12, um, in the top 12 in the final ranking of the college football playoff. Uh, so do we really think that Coastal can compete with the SEC or the Big Ten? So Coastal versus Alabama would have been that first round matchup. Do we really think that Coastal would have had a chance in that game? Now, I know people will say, well, App beat Michigan back in 2007. And believe me, I know. I, I've got the the Sports Illustrated framed on my wall in here. Uh, but just because you dominate rookie ball doesn't mean you're going to get ready for the, doesn't mean you're ready for the big leagues. App or Coastal might win one game, but can they win three or four to win it all? I, I, I can hear people saying right now, well, you, you never know. No, you do. You do know. In college football, you pretty much know. In baseball, you do have a chance. Three different pitchers and three different days. In basketball, you've got a chance. Because if you can shoot the three, then you, you've got a chance to beat anybody, no matter who you're playing. You get hot shooting, and there's no telling what can happen. In football, though, it's almost safe to say that you don't have a chance. In football, you have to be able to run through somebody. It doesn't matter if you pass a lot or run a lot. Your fat boys have to be able to push the other team's fat boys around. And if you're smaller you don't really stand a chance. You might sneak one game, you will not sneak two. So is it really worth expanding just so that App, Coastal, or even Cincinnati can play an extra game? Because think about it. UCF was the last group of five to win the Natty. Or, <laughs> no, win the Natty. UCF was the last group of five to win the New Year, a New Year's Six Bowl, and they claimed to win the Natty when they did. They claimed to win the Natty because they beat a three-loss Auburn team that had no motivation to be there after blowing their chance at making the playoff against Georgia in the SEC Championship. The next year, they claimed they won the Natty because they beat Auburn, who happened to beat number one Georgia and number one Alabama that year. Makes a lot of sense. But the, the next year, so the year after UCF won their alleged national title, they struggled to hang on or hang with an LSU team that was running a Stone Age offense and had wide receivers playing defensive back. This was before the, this was 2018 LSU, not 2019 LSU. So 2018 LSU still couldn't play offense. This was before Joe Brady ended up at LSU. Um, the next year, so 2019, Penn State beat Memphis by two touchdowns in the New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, in 2020, an undefeated Cincinnati gave a two-loss Georgia team a scare, uh, but when Cincinnati finally got their shot in the playoff, they failed to score a touchdown, and honestly, it looked like they didn't belong on the same field. Cincinnati had their moments, but that game was never in question. So why are we adding a game, or games, 
or even teams just so that a group of five team can feel good about themselves. Now, I'll admit probably everything I've said so far is just opinion. In the end, it's me finding what I can to support my argument. Probably haven't convinced anyone of anything yet, so let me try to do that now. One argument for playoff expansion right now is basically that the SEC is too powerful. Well, it doesn't say these words in this particular article that I read. The article does use the following quote by SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey to try to justify expanding the playoff. Sankey says, Football in the Southeastern Conference is incredibly healthy. It's not good for college football to have an entire region, the West, not central to the national conversation. I've had my own members say that we should not be deciding our position based on that. It's my responsibility to say, wait a second, let's look at the big picture. Sankey would make an excellent politician. He's doing his best to make it sound like he's trying to look out for the greater good of college football. He's basically saying the Pac-12 hasn't been to the playoffs since 2016, and we should do what we can to make sure they feel involved. Never mind that Oregon loses Utah and ruins their chances year in and year out. We should expand so that the Conference of Champions can actually compete for a championship. All Sankey's doing is looking out for the SEC. Sankey realizes that by expanding, they can make sure that Alabama and Georgia are in the playoff every year. Not only that, but you can probably finish third in the SEC now and make the playoff via an at-large bid. If we had the six conference champs and six at-large rule this year, then the SEC would have gotten Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss into the playoff. Heck, the Big Ten would have probably gotten Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State into the playoff. We've expanded 12, but two conferences make up half the teams. Don't forget that we've also given one at-large spot to Notre Dame. So all of a sudden, seven of the 12 spots are occupied, are occupied by the SEC, the Big Ten, and Notre Dame. That only leaves five spots for the ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, and a group of five, and I think that's being generous. I would not be surprised if the SEC is able to sneak four teams in the playoff. I say that because three of the last four years, you've had four SEC teams in the top 12 in the final rankings. So if that's the case, then the ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, and Group of Five are down to four spots for four leagues. You can say that at least they'll make it now, uh, but it doesn't actually help those conferences. If anything, it just continues to fuel the inferior argument of those conferences. Not only that, but the SEC Championship and the Big Ten Championship becomes worthless. Let me be clear about something real quick. I keep bringing up the Big Ten because since the playoff rankings started back in 2014, They've had 23 teams finish in the top 12. The SEC has, has had 24. Since, the, since 2014, the final rankings have looked like this by each league. Again, this is the top 12. SEC's had 24. Big 10 has had 23. Big 12 comes in third with 15. ACC 14. Pac-12 12. Notre Dame's fallen in there four times. One of those times was when they were an ACC member in 2020. The Americans had four, and the Sun Belt has had one. So again, the SEC Championship and the Big Ten Championship become worthless. For the sake of time, I'm going to use the SEC as my primary example. You might be saying the SEC Championship is already worthless since Georgia still got in this year. But Georgia had proven week in and week out that they were the best team in the country. When you're number one and you're playing number four in the conference championship, then you can afford to lose because you're not going to fall far. Alabama, however, had to win that game to be in the playoff. If they lose, 
then Notre Dame probably jumps in. In 2018, Georgia had to beat Alabama to get in. They were number four then, playing number one Alabama. They couldn't get it done. Now you're probably thinking, what about in 2017 when Alabama didn't even make the SEC championship? Well, we've got to go back and look at the rankings, what they look like going into that week. The top four were Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin. Clemson, Clemson went on to win the ACC championship. Auburn would lose to Georgia in the SEC championship. Georgia was sixth in the rankings going into that week. So basically Georgia and Auburn flip spots. Oklahoma went on to win the Big 12 and go from number three to number two. So now we've got Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia. Wisconsin, who was number four, went on to lose to number eight, Ohio State, in the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State would go from eight to five. Alabama was the one team that had championship week off, but the committee felt that a one-loss Alabama team, who was number five going into that week, was better than a two-loss Big Ten champ. If you recall, Ohio State lost to Oklahoma at home and got annihilated by an unranked Iowa that year. I say all of that to say that the SEC Championship did mean something that year. Georgia had to beat Auburn to be in the playoff. Like I said, they essentially traded spots. Ohio State had to beat Wisconsin to give themselves a chance, but the committee did not feel comfortable putting a two-loss Ohio State team over a one-loss Alabama. The 2017 uh, season would be a prime example where the SEC Championship didn't mean anything if it sent 12 teams to the playoff that year. Auburn fell from 2-7. to seven. They had been rewarded for their tough schedule. They lost at number 3 Clemson and got upset by LSU at Baton Rouge, but beat number 1 Georgia and number 1 Alabama. Because of that, you would have seen a three-loss Auburn team make the playoff. If they expand to 12 teams in conference championship games for the mo- or for probably the Big Ten and SEC, will resemble basketball conference tournaments. Some teams are going to have to win their conference to make it to the playoff, while the SEC can just worry about three or maybe even four teams having a good year and then sit back while the two best ones play a glorified scrimmage. The teams playing in the SEC Championship will want to win that game, but they know deep down that it will ultimately mean nothing because they play for a championship again next week. That's no different than college basketball right now. You want to win, but you don't care if you lose because it's just for fun. The real tournament comes next. It's pretty much a fact that the SEC runs college football right now. They've won 12 of the last 16. That streak will only continue if expansion becomes a thing. Because do you really think that the SEC wants to add Oklahoma and then be in a position where Oklahoma has to beat Alabama or Georgia to make the playoff? Of course not. Sankey realizes that by expanding, he ensures that Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M all have a legitimate shot at making the playoff even after they beat up on each other in the regular season. So let me ask again. Do you really want the playoffs to expand? If you think SEC bias is a thing now, just wait till we have four or five SEC teams in the playoff. As I wrap this up, I do have, I think, one more argument for why expansion won't actually work. First, is what's the point? We currently have the four best teams, supposedly. Yet only three of the 16 playoff games have been decided by one score. 12 of the 16 have been decided by three scores or more. Do we really think that adding eight more teams is going to give us better games? The FCS level currently has 24 making their playoff, yet North Dakota State has still won nine of the last 11. 
Before I sign off, just a reminder, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at The Open Mic Pod. You can find the audio versions on Spotify and Apple, Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook at The Open Mic Podcast with Mikey Morrison. Please subscribe uh, to the show on YouTube. No matter where you subscribe, though, please, please, please like and share. You've helped me a lot with the feedback and support you've already provided. Now, on top of that, I do need your help with the growth of the show. Liking and sharing will certainly go a long way. So what do you think? Have I changed your mind about expansion, or am I wrong on everything? Let me know on Facebook or Instagram. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next Tuesday.